Welcome back, everybody. It is the For the Glory of Old State Penn State Football Podcast. I'm Craig Rosal. I'm joined by my partner, Brandon Musso. Recording on Thursday night before uh, the Penn State-Maryland matchup. What are we expecting uh, this weekend, Brandon? <laughs> well, I'm hoping that we can get back on track and have a nice big blowout, if yeah. you will. Uh, yeah, Penn State's... Uh, I'm surprised. They're favored by 25 points going into this game. I thought it would be a lot closer than that, especially with... Their 0-2 record, they're out of the AP poll for the first time since 2016, the week they played Ohio State and beat them. And Maryland's coming off a huge overtime win where they were able to come back from the team deficit in the fourth quarter. They scored a touchdown overtime. They allowed a touchdown to Minnesota overtime, but Minnesota's kicker missed the extra point. They're coming off a really big high after a really tough week one loss. They lost 43-3. Northwestern. What kind of team are you expecting on Saturday from uh, Maryland? I, to be honest with you, I, I'm not really. I wasn't really that impressed by them. I know you said you're surprised by the spreads. I think the odds makers kind of know what this team is. The first game of the season, they looked really bad. Couldn't even manage just three points. They really only got over 200 yards in total offense. So, I mean, I think you could look at game two and say, "Wow, well, they really came back." 675 yards of total offense in that game. Obviously, you said they came back. Big overtime win, big momentum booster for them. But I think you kind of can put both of those games together and kind of realize who they played in each of those games, and then you kind of get the formula for, you know, maybe why Penn State may be favored as much as they are. I really am not that impressed with this team at the moment, but we have seen Penn State really struggle this year. So, I mean... Anything could happen. Yeah, who knows? I think it's a great point. You know, the Northwestern loss is about as ugly as it gets, but Northwestern is a 2 0 this year. You know, you mentioned the Minnesota win. Maybe Minnesota is not as good as we thought they would be going to the year. They started the season ranked. They gave up 49 points to Michigan. They gave up another 45 spot to Maryland. So it's just about finding balance. And I'm going back to last year. It's early enough in the season that we can talk about last year and have some perspective on what kind of team. We could be seeing on Saturday. Maryland won their first game of the season, 79-0, just like Penn State did against Idaho. But they did it against Howard. The second week, they played Syracuse, who was ranked 20th in the country at that point. Yes, Syracuse fans, that's a long, long time ago. Uh, and they destroyed the Orange, 63-20. to And from there, that's why, you know, going into the Penn State-Maryland matchup last year, it was such a hyped-up event. It was a Friday night game. Maryland canceled their classes, and Penn State beat them 59-0. And their student section, you know, the Maryland student section became the Penn State student section, basically, by the the time halftime was coming around. And from there, the only win Maryland had the rest of the year was against Rutgers, who, until this year, hadn't had a Big Ten win since 2017. So... This is a team that last year really struggled under head coach Mike Loxley. Get the big win, we too, but uh, I'm not too sure how they're going to do uh, heading into Happy Valley. Talk about some of the keys of the game, Brandon. What, what are you looking at as something that you think you know can help either team here? Well, basically, I'm looking at the mistakes. Mistakes, mistakes, mistakes. I talked about it a ton against Indiana. I mean, basically, Penn State was obviously the better team when they played out in Bloomington. Mm-hmm. They outgained them in pretty much every category but the scoreboard. Obviously, they lost that game. We don't need to get back yeah. into it. But they're, 
they are just as talented. Like they're, they, There's much of a talent gap in this game as there was in the Indiana game. And the only way that I think Maryland could beat Penn State is because Penn State gives them the game by making as many mistakes as they did week one. So I would expect the stat sheet in this game to be lopsided in Penn State's favor. In the case of either a win or a loss, it really just depends on whether or not they can play a clean game. You know, that's a great point. Uh, talk about mistakes. I know last week I had placed in my notes folder on my phone with all the mistakes in the first half and the second half, and I touched on them in the podcast um, recapping the Ohio State game. There's just so many mistakes that cost Penn State last week, cost Penn State against Indiana. You're right. The talent gap is obvious. It, 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 shows, it, it shows every year besides the handshake game a couple of years back. But, you know, this Penn State team should be the better team if they eliminate the mistakes. I think they'll be okay as well. And for me, I think the one thing is the running game. If Penn State can get their running game going, we saw Sean Clifford do really well against Indiana. Uh, he had over 100 yards rushing as a quarterback. We need to see the Penn State running backs get going a little bit. Devin Ford hasn't had his breakout game yet. Um, as the newly entrenched starter at running back. We also haven't seen Kevon Lee since week one. We haven't seen Keziah Holmes since week one. We need to see these running backs get it going. It's a, a Maryland defense that allowed over 200 yards last week to Minnesota starting running back. We, we need to see some running game get going so that you know we continue to build this offense. It can't just be Sean Clifford, Sean Clifford in the passing game. He's not, I hate to say, he's not good enough to put all the pressure on his shoulders. He's just not. Um, so getting the running game going, and then also stopping the running game. Jake Funk, who is Maryland's starting running back, he had over 200 yards himself last week against the Golden Gophers. If we are able to stop the run, I think that puts our defense in a really good position to make some stops and, uh, again, pull out this football game and get our first win of the season. Yeah, and you know, going off your point of you know getting the running game going for you know Penn State's offense, I, I think we kind of saw some of the success that they had coming out of the half in the passing game. But I think in order to kind of continue that success throughout the entirety of a game, you need to be able to run the ball. So, like you said, Devin Ford needs to get going. The Maryland defense struggled uh, against the run this year, so this is a great opportunity for Ford to get going and just for the offense as a whole to get going. Yeah, I think it's a great time to assert our dominance on the offensive line and in the running game. You know, get our big runs. We love the 20, 30-yard runs, but if we just get eight yards per carry on the first drive, that would feel great. I think that's a good sign of things to come for the rest of this football game. Yeah, and, you know, as far as um, stopping the run on, you know, Penn State's defense, we came into the season thinking that this was probably a pretty solid rush defense. They looked pretty good against Indiana in the week one. But, you know, maybe it still is a good solid, like a good rushing defense. And maybe they just ran into a great Ohio State offensive line that really pushed them around, which. Or we sort of pretty been really trying to defend against the pass, knowing that was a threat last week. It's true. Either way, it could be true. They could still have a solid rushing defense. But either way, their performance this week is going to go a long way in answering that question. Um, so you want to talk about. A couple players to watch from both teams. Who do you want to start with, Maryland or Penn State? Let's go Maryland. All right, let's talk about Maryland's players to watch for this game. All right, so my player to watch from Maryland, I went with Jake Funk. He's their running back. He's coming off a 221-yard rushing performance against Minnesota last week. That's a lot of yards. Yeah, um, <laughs> especially when you're behind uh, for the second half, basically. Right, and I just mentioned how much it's going to be important for Penn State to stop the run. This is the guy they're going to have to stop. 
They gave up 200 rushing yards last week. They need they need to stop this guy or, or yeah. <laughs> it's going it's going to cast a lot of doubts on this defense that like I said what we initially thought was a really solid rushing defense, but who knows? I I kind of see Minnesota's defense as bad rather than Maryland's offense being good. So I don't really know if Jake Funk really had that hard of a time getting going last week because of the the shortcomings that the Minnesota defense has. But either way, he's a guy that we're going to need to watch. He's a guy that we're going to need to stop if we want to win the game. Now I'm going to go to his partner in the backfield, and it's a familiar name. It's Talia Takavaloa, who is Tua Takavaloa's brother. This Takavaloa went over. uh, He was originally at Alabama last year. He transferred to Maryland to play this year. He wants to play under head coach Mike Loxley. Mike Loxley used to be at Alabama as well. And as we talked about with the first game of the season, second game of the season for Maryland, a tale of two different games in terms of, especially on the offensive side of things. Little two is we're going to call him today because I have a hard time saying to Leah Tagovailoa. I really do. Well, I do too. So yeah. I just go with two his yeah. brother. Little, we're we're gonna, little two to his brother. We're going to go with all that. <laughs> so, you know, his first team, he was 14 of 25. Three interceptions, no action on the running game. He had negative yardage in that game. But then last week against Minnesota, he looked crisp. He was very accurate. 26 of 35, completion percentage of almost 75%. He had three touchdowns through the air and one interception and then two rushing touchdowns with 64 yards on eight attempts. So really efficient in both the passing game and the running game. We kind of see that in the Big Ten a lot. Is basically every quarterback now is... A, a guy that can run it and throw it. There's no more of that just that guy that just stays in the pocket. You need to have some mobility uh, to play some Big Ten or even college football in general. Talia Tagovailoa has that. If Penn State can contain him, they contain the running game, um, break up any you know read option plays, defense should be fine. We need to be able to create mistakes um, as well as we saw in the first game. Tagovailoa had three interceptions. If we can do that and our secondary can get going. That'd be a great sign in terms of uh, limiting Maryland in their offense. So let's send some of the uh, Penn State players to watch. Um, so for, for this, I, I went with Parker Washington. We went into Indiana game really having high expectations for him and kind of disappointed. You know, part of that, yeah, part of that was part of that was Clifford, and you know, part of that was probably a little bit of him just kind of getting used to college football in general. We saw some potential last week. I really liked what I saw of him. I saw some speed. Um, I, got, I saw some good route running. I talk about a lot how much I can't stand how they don't seem to be able to get separation. I think this is the potential game where they could kind of break out and kind of look like a full wide receiver squad that we haven't seen in a while. You know, hopefully he builds on the game that he had last week. Hopefully the passing game in general builds on the game they had last week. And, well, the second half, I should say. I'm not going to say the whole game, but... Yeah, so Parker Washington. That's I, I like that pick because last year against Maryland, Sean Clifford had his best game of the season. He was 26 of 31. He had almost 400 yards passing. Uh, I, I remember last year the play of the, the week was the K.J. Hamler pass catch up the middle where, you know, Clifford got it to him, but then K.J. Hamler did K.J. Hamler things. So we talked about the, the running game from Minnesota um, really being able to take advantage of the, the – the Maryland defense, you know, we also know that our quarterback can do really well against these guys based on last season. I'm going to go a different route. I'm going to go with the running back group, okay? I mentioned before that Devin Ford hasn't had his breakout game yet. 
two games into the season. He's had most of the carries. And then uh, we haven't seen much of Keziah Holmes and Kevon Lee. Knowing that Minnesota was able to have their running back go for over 200 yards, just pound the rock all game, I think we should be able to do that too, especially if we're leading the whole way. We need to be able to burn clock. We need to put this game away. And what better time to do it in, in breaking in these young running backs in a game that we're leading and we're able to put the game away. They're just able to take the ball, run downhill. You know, I think that'd be a great sign of things. And also seeing these guys develop a little bit in the passing game. Uh, we haven't had a great success with having our running backs receiving this year. I talked about it last week on the podcast with the screen passes. We're really struggling with those. Maybe this is the week that the running game, the, the running backs in uh, terms of receiving really get going and hopefully carry Penn State to victory, I think, this week. Yeah, I like that pick. You know, we we just mentioned how that was kind of our key to the game to get the run game going. And uh, I think, like I said, that will open up some of the passing game. And I really do think that the Penn State offense is going to be a lot better than what we've seen throughout the uh, early goings of the season so far. Yeah, I think I'm more consistent this week as opposed to, yeah. you know, Indiana was a tale of, you know, the, the start of the game and the end and the middle were like, what was going on? And then last week, it took us a little time to get going. But once we found our stride, we were okay. It was just we weren't consistent in keeping that stride throughout the second half and able to uh, come complete the comeback. Uh, we were just able to get a striking distance. How do you think Maryland wins this game as a 25-point underdog? Yeah, like I said, if Penn State gives them the game, I think it's as simple as that. I think Penn State has way better talent, and I think that they'll dominate – pretty much on every position group that you can think of on this field. But the one thing that Penn State cannot do is give them turnovers, take dumb penalties, miss field goals like we've seen this year. That's the way that they're going to win. If, if Penn State can come out, play a clean game, limit the mistakes, then I think that they'll, have, they'll be coming into a, an easy win. But the second you start giving Maryland points is the second this game starts getting closer, and that's the second that you might actually lose the game. Yeah, you don't want to be in a dogfight at, at the start of the fourth quarter. You really don't because that means the team that is favored by 25, in this case Penn State, is going to feel all the pressure in the world, even though their fans aren't in the stadium and they're not you know, kind of yelling, yelling and barking at them in the sidelines like, hey guys, what are you doing right now? There's pressure. There's pressure. That's just natural. Mentioned as my player to watch from Maryland, uh, Talia Tagovailoa. If he has a game like he did against Minnesota, where he is able to throw the ball all over the yard and take advantage of some miscommunication, you know, defensive alignment where we're not in place, I think that the Terps can hang in this game if they're able to throw the ball and do what they want on offense. You know, I think Tagovailoa is a pretty talented quarterback. We know his brother's pretty good. I think he is as well. I think he's more of the quarterback that we saw last week against Minnesota than he is against Northwestern, where he was held to under 100 yards passing and three interceptions. If he's able to have you know, his huge Minnesota game, I think we're in for a dogfight. I think Maryland has a chance to come out and win. And again, we've seen Penn State in close games. We're a little less confident in them than most teams you know, in a close game. The way it's been the last couple years where close games are very nerve-wracking. Even when we pulled them out, we're like, Oh, my God, we just barely survived. Um, so if Tiger Bull has a big game, he's able to keep uh, them in the game. And even if they fall behind, and he's able to bring them back, I think it puts a lot of pressure on Penn State and gives Maryland a better chance to win. Uh, let's get into how Penn State's going to win. What do you got? Well, Penn State is going to win if they can get the running game going. I think that's what we talked about. 
that's kind of like a snowball effect for the whole offense in general. If Clifford comes out and, you know, like I said, stays in the pocket, makes some good throws, gets going early. I think that's kind of a big thing for this offense in particular. You know, like you said, if we come out first drive, you know, eight, nine yards of carry, you know, then we could really start getting confident that this offense can move the ball against Maryland. And I think that's just the biggest key. If they could click on offense, they could really, really tear through this defense of Maryland. Totally agree with that. Um, I think, you know, you talk about scripting plays, you know, the first 15, that's usually what a lot of um, coaches say they do is script the first 15 plays of the game. I personally don't like it when this happens, when, you know, you win the coin toss, you take the, you take the ball. But I think this would be a great scenario to do it. Put your offense on the field, you know, let Sean Clifford go to work and say, we have confidence in you. Um, and, and see what happens, you know, from there. He's supposed to be one of your captains, one of your leaders on, on the offense and the team in general. Say, okay, Sean Clifford, go win us this game. Start with a, a 7 nothing advantage. I'm looking for the word there. 7 nothing advantage uh, to start the day. I think we really need a, a big game from, out of Kirk Karacha here. <laughs> we need some creative play callings. Yeah. There was a lot of stale plays, very predictable offense last week. Like, let's open the playbook for this game. I mean, why not? This is a defense that is last in the Big Ten right now in total uh, total defense. Let's you know try some things out, experiment with some plays. This is the time to do it. You know, it's funny. Last week, you know, I was talking about the motion that Ohio State was doing on offense, where they were sending guys across the field. You know, Garrett Wilson taking the reverse, things like that. I noticed against Maryland, Minnesota was doing the same exact thing. I'm like. Okay, let's. We have this Minnesota offense doing this. Let's have our the old Minnesota offense coordinator, our new offense coordinator, doing the same exact thing. Let's get these guys confused. Let's have them moving around a little bit. Let's have them have the miscommunication. So I'm gonna be looking for that, and I hope you are too, because I know last week you said didn't notice as much. I'm hoping that we do that a lot in, in adding, excuse me, creativity um, to this offense. Uh, for me, this I think the key to the game is being a lot more physical than we were last week and being a lot more physical against Maryland uh, this week. Last week we saw that the Penn State defense got taken to them right away. There was a lot of push from the Ohio State offensive line. Our offensive line could not uh, keep Sean Clifford protected. We couldn't get the running game going at all because the Ohio State defense was just swarming uh, through, our off- or, yeah, through our offensive line. I think if we prove we're the more physical team, that will allow, allow a lot of good things to happen. That will allow the running game to get going. That will allow our defense to stop their running game, get to the quarterback, um, create a lot of pressure, and create mistakes as well. If we're more physical, I think Penn State wins this football game pretty handedly. Yeah, I think we saw, I think even when you we were talking about the Ohio State game last week, you kind of said there was a lack of urgency um, with this team. I think that kind of goes along with the, the physicality that they bring onto the field. They need to seem like they're in this game. Like, no one to start is not ideal. And, you know, I worry that their their spirits are down a little bit going into this game. But, you know, if they can come out, bring, bring their own energy, you know, get physical and kind of change the script from what we've seen in the last two weeks and, and really kind of turn the season around. Yeah. Now, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned some of the keys to the game. It's stuff more so that we want to see. Um, with Penn State being 0-2 this year, I know – Myself and Brandon are looking at this as like a developmental year where we're not in contention to win the Big Ten East. That's just not part of our season right now. It's not where we're at. But we're going to be looking for some positive things that 
whether it's for this year or you know for 2021, 2022, we're gonna be looking for some positive things that we want to see for the rest of the year. Uh, Brandon, why don't you start and give us something that you're looking uh, to see from this Penn State team on Saturday. I'm just looking for them to kind of exercise the demons, if you will. I talked about the the aura that they bring out after they lose, and it, it, it's really just a lot of bad energy and you know, kind of feeling bad for themselves. Mm-hmm. You're 0-2. Like you said, this season is not what you expected it to be. They're, they're pretty much out of contention for the Big Ten Championship, not even in the rankings at this point. You don't have a lot to play for, obviously. You have an empty stadium, but you just have to realize – that you're still playing big-time college football, you're still in the Big Ten, and you have a very, very talented team that just needs to put it together. So, you know, go out there, um, bring a lot of energy, and kind of put all the struggles behind you and, and look forward and stay a little bit more positive, even though that you lost the first two games. I think if they do that, that's where you're looking at the big win that everybody's kind of expecting nationally. If they come out with a negative attitude, low energy, that's when you have a really close game in the fourth quarter with potential to lose, hopefully that does not happen because that would I think that would take a lot of the wind out of the sails of James Franklin. He's probably preaching that positivity practice like, hey, you know, let's get going. Let's get going. This is the time to go now. I feel like that goes completely out the window if we have a close game. And I don't think we're expecting a ton from this Penn State team the rest of the year, but we're expecting to take care of business this week. <laughs> I mean, they just need to go out there and show that they care. That's yeah. the biggest thing. Yeah. Like, show as, me, as, as weird as it seems to say, like, go out me, and play like Yeah, it. you wanted a season. Show me that you want to be there. Show me that you want to play. I'm going to go with seeing our offensive uh, young studs get going. Uh, I touched on the running backs a little bit earlier. Brandon touched on Parker Washington. I'm going to add in Keandre Lambert-Smith. Maybe some of the younger uh, tight ends, maybe some of the younger offensive linemen as well. I want to see these guys have a, a really good showing on Saturday. The reason being, again, the season does not count for that much right now because we're not in contention. But if we see that Devin Ford is a pretty good running back, or Kevon Lee or Kazai Holmes, those guys can break out. Okay, you know, kind of like we went into this year thinking, okay, Journey Brown and Noah King are really good. Okay, we have three guys that can really play with. Noah King coming back next year, potentially Jeremy Brown coming back next year. Uh, I think that'd be a good sign. And also, you know, we saw Jahan Dotson have his breakout game against Ohio State. If he has a couple more of those, we won't be seeing him next year. More than likely, he'll go to the NFL draft. That's just, I'm not sure where he's at in NFL draft rankings at this point. But if you're having production and you're doing it against big time, you know, big 10 defenders, you're going to get seen, you're going to get drafted. So yeah, I think that, you know, if Lambert Smith, Parker Washington, some of the younger tight ends, is again, Pat Farmer is going to be leaving after this year for the NFL draft. We need to see some development in our younger guys and have some positives to look to uh, going to next year. So I want to see the young guys really uh, do their thing this weekend. Yeah, which, which plays into kind of your take on, like, the trajectory of the season. This, can, this should be viewed as kind of a developmental season where you get your guys, your young rookies, a chance to play to see what they're all about. This is basically a tryout. I mean, mm-hmm. you get to see guys like Parker Washington, Lambert Smith. Like These are the kind of guys that you are going to need in the future because there is going to be inevitably a lot of turnover. Your best players are going to leave. Yeah. And next year, maybe, yeah, we're not going to – maybe we don't have Jahan Dotson. We're probably not going to have Friermuth. That's just the time now is to kind of see what you have behind them 
in order to be ready for next season. And hopefully with a, a big lead, it would help in that we can see a lot of them. It's not, you know, we're throwing, you know, our, our fourth string wide receiver who's a true freshman out on the field in a three-point game. You know, let's have a, a little bit of an advantage here. Let's be up 20 points and see these guys. And we don't have to worry about the result as much. We just have to see these guys and how they play, how they move, um, how they fit into the offense. I think that I'm really excited if they get up big, that we could see them uh, do their thing on Saturday. So enough of the keys, enough of guys are looking to see. Uh, what's your prediction for this game? I, I think Penn State is going to you know, win this one handily. You know, despite the struggles the Nittany Lions have had this year, they really haven't had any issues with the Terrapins over the last couple of years, and I really don't see that changing this year. Maryland's offense, I think, is a little bit better than in years past, but I think they'll still struggle to move the ball against Penn State. I really do I want to predict kind of a nice performance from the defense this week. I, I think that they'll come together and, and kind of show what we all thought they were coming into the season. But, I mean, as long as Penn State doesn't repeat the mistakes of the Indiana game, this should be a comfortable win. Did you give a score? 45-14, in case you didn't read my uh, prediction today. Yep. Um, I'm going the same route. I'm, I'm hoping I can get on the board and be right in prediction because I'm 0-2. <laughs> I, I, and, you know, my, my heart last year, I was hoping Penn State would win. I didn't see a great way of it happening, um, but I was hoping they did, and they, they did not last week. So I went 0-2. I have Penn State winning this game 35-17. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than you had or even uh, our other partner, Corey, had it. Um, I think he had 45-10. I just think that, you know, Penn State's going to come out and do their thing. You know, they might allow a late touchdown or too late uh, to Maryland to make this look a little bit closer. But I think Penn State's going to do their thing. I think that with these young guys, I think there is going to be a sense of urgency. They're own two. They're going to be able to bounce back. You know, this is the type of team that you, you, if you just go out and feel you're more physical, you're prepared, I think you take care of business. I, I think that Penn State pulls this one out and gets their first win of 2020. I like that. <laughs> uh, so you have anything else you want to add for this before this game? No, let's, uh, let's go out and, and see a good performance this weekend. Yeah, so just a reminder, this game is at 3.30 on Saturday. Um, in an empty and sad Beaver Stadium. <laughs> uh, I will never get over that. Bring your own energy. Here. Yeah, bring your own energy, guys. Thank you again for listening, guys. As always, go ahead and follow us on Twitter, For the Glory OOS, uh, on Facebook, For the Glory of Old State. Uh, continue to follow the website and subscribe, review, rate on Apple and Spotify. Share, share, share. That's all I'll say. <laughs> all right, thanks, guys. Have a good day, and hopefully we get our first win on Saturday.